Welcome to the Living Alive podcast. I'm Autumn Shields, a Master Connect coach, speaker, author, and serial entrepreneur. And most importantly, your hostess here to help you live your life alive. See, I believe we all have the ability to feel and be guided by life's nudges to live on purpose. So I'm inviting you to take this journey with me. Whether you were here just wanting to dip your toe in the water and see what this is all about, or maybe you were ready to dive deep. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. On this show, you'll hear powerful life-changing stories from thought leaders of all walks of life that are stirring things up. We will guide you on living your life fully alive, how to identify the nudges, and why living a healthy lifestyle actually makes a difference. So get ready to be inspired, challenged, and connected because it's your time to make a splash. Have you ever felt like you were living someone else's life or lately have you felt that nudge to live a more authentic life? Well, today I hope you're ready to dive deep because that is exactly what our next guest loves to do. For over 40 years, he has inspired courageous professionals, leaders, and their teams to challenge conventional thinking and to take a stand for living with authenticity and freedom instead. He has served many roles as a captain in the U.S. Air Force, an engineer, a coach, and now author of his newly published book, Living Authentically in a World That Would Rather You Didn't. I'm excited for you to join our conversation with Brad Glass. So welcome to the show, and um, why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself, and then um, we'll just get started. Thanks, Autumn, and thanks for having me. I'm Brad. I live on Cape Cod, and uh, I guess my my life story up until at least the last 10 years or so was a, I, I guess I'd call it a very long tradition that somebody else made up, mm-hmm. which means I, I kind of, I went along with all the lessons that I learned early in life, which is part of the story most of us follow. And it was probably 10, 15 years ago that I woke up and realized that I, uh, I wasn't, I, I was eating well, but I was starving, I guess is the way I put it. And I, I loved the work I was doing, but it, it just it didn't do anything for me. And I started to look more deeply and I found inside me the idea that what I had been doing my whole life, separate from whether it was managing computer software or being an Air Force officer or leading nature tours or whatever, that what I was really doing was asking big questions. and the the idea was to help people create more space to generate more creative genius and more possibility so the whole idea about asking big questions as a way to open up space is kind of the definition of coaching and uh so coaching found me uh but it turned out that was my truth and i've just followed that path uh for the last 15 years or so largely unaware of where it would lead but just knowing that as long as i was expressing what was my truth that it would lead somewhere meaningful to me and, and to others, it turns out. So that's kind that's, of the snippet. I mean, the resume is a good resume, but it doesn't mean anything. So. <laughs> Absolutely. And I love that you always use, the, you, I always, when I first met you and it, it's fun how we met, but um, you use the word path and pathways a lot. And I love that because I'm super visual and I love that it to me, it's mm-hmm. like a journey. And not only have you lived that and um, 
you now help others do that. And that's what's so great is when you do your own work and then you're able to help other people along with it. I love how we were introduced. Um, I was working on interviewing people that were really living their life alive um, since I just released that book. And I was really curious about how what other people's definition was like that and their path and their journey to that. And um, I was introduced to Brad actually through my life partner who um, said, you have to meet this guy. Not only has he changed his life, but he's like, he's so passionate about helping others. And then we got to meet while um, you were visiting Maui and I was living there. We just had such a great conversation about living alive and what that really means. So I would like to back you way up to that resume where you were living life, um, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And just like you said, you were loving what you were doing. So I feel like there's so many people out there that love what they're doing. So what is really the difference between that? When did you feel that there was that awakening? Was it, was it a process? Was it one thing that happened, like one specific thing that happened to you? What, what, what was that switch? Because I feel like a lot of people just live their life and they're, it's a good life. But what's the difference when you talk about coming alive or becoming conscious? What does that mean? Well, it was, I think there's a lot of ways to discover your true path. I mean, one, some kind of cataclysmic event that just thrusts you into a new uh, context, if you will. And, you know, that can be a, a life-changing event, even a disease. I mean, who knows? I, I, mine was more an agglomeration of small changes. And uh, there were lots of things that happened. I mean, I did everything wrong from, from the big perspective, but I was following all the lessons that I learned early in life, thinking that that was what life should be but uh you know we're all we're all taught what life should be but that's not the way life really is so we we set ourselves up for a fight with life from the very beginning uh so the the early part of my life i i was a manager in the computer software industry and i spent most of it trying to wrestle life to the ground and it became exhausting i had been divorced a few times i was doing well at work but it was stressful and overwhelming and I woke up one morning and I realized that I hated computers and I hated software, but I loved going to work. And I had to figure out what that was. And about that same time, when, when work was pretty difficult, I guess, for me, uh, I had an organization development manager on my staff. <clears throat> and he made me, made me uh, set aside a morning to spend with him. And I couldn't imagine that. I was too busy doing stuff to have a morning, but I, I relented. And long story short, because the whole story is in my book, he took me to visit the monks at uh, the Trappist Monastery in Spencer, Massachusetts, the, the people that make the jams and the jellies and now ales. Uh, but he knew Father Robert, who ran the place. And we spent a morning with the monks. And I, the, the conversation just blew me away. Because they, they were talking about things like quantum science and consciousness and that kind of thing. And I could do the science conversation, but I'd never thought of it in terms of how it applied to the framework of our lives and our consciousness. So it, it, in one morning, it planted a seed that actually changed the entire direction of my life. I just started to listen a new way. I guess, I guess what, I, what I did in terms of the work was to use my engineer mind to look inward and to try to figure out what was going on for me because it was a complete mystery to me at that time. My whole world was, was shaken up with that one conversation, but I had to figure out what was going on. 
Wow. So, so that became the seed that it kind of germinated. It took a long time to germinate. It's kind of like those packets of bristlecone pine seeds with the joke directions on them that say plant and whatever and then wait 400 years, you know. So uh, it was one of those. But uh, it's been an interesting journey since then. It's really just been a journey of awareness. I was clueless the whole time I was fighting so hard. So from that perspective as a younger person, what insight or advice or wisdom would you maybe give somebody that's younger, maybe just starting off or in that career and just kind of, or maybe they're aware their wheels are spinning, but there's more. I, th I think, and I'm, I might, I might be wrong on this, but I think that we have to get to a place where we get it, that our wheels are spinning before we're, we're open to an alternative because we think we're right and and we have to that's that's the way we power our lives we have to believe in ourselves and uh even if that is a false self we still have to believe in it so i, I think we need some kind of crisis or stress or overwhelm or some run in with a limitation in order to get it uh but i, I think at that point the the thing thing is that the way the way I look at it is we have voices in our head and we all have voices in our head and they're running 24 7 and if you think you don't have voices in your head stop thinking for a minute it's pretty hopeless there's always something going on I should do this what if they say this I, I need I'm I have too much to do I can't have this conversation I don't I don't know all these stories that are running around in our heads but 90 percent of the voices in our heads are stories of old lessons and tapes that don't mean a damn thing and the voice in our head that matters is the voice of our true self. And when you get to the point when you when you realize that life has become a struggle, you can finally get it that the struggle is is a result of following all of the thinking that was poured into you by other people. And when you can grasp that concept, which I my experience says you, you can't get that when you're fighting so hard with life because you believe the fight is real. Uh, but when you finally get that it could be your thinking, then you can start looking inside. And the, the process is so simple, it's just outrageous. I mean, if we'd learn to listen to our truth from age one, it wouldn't be like this, but we learn to listen to everybody else's truth. And the only thing you have to do to, to change your whole life is to become aware of how your thinking has hijacked your mind. Such a great it's not, perspective. It's not easy, but it's simple. I mean, it's deceptively simple. I, it, it's, it's simple in the sense that a six-year-old can do it, but deceptive in the sense that everything we've learned since we were six tells us not to. So what are some of the tools if I'm like, I want to do this? I, I want to start thinking instead of just listening and being programmed. Well, the first, the first thing is to, to let go of all of the, quote, skills that we think uh, we need in order to live life the hard way. Uh, the, the, the biggest example is trying. To me, if you're trying, it's not a problem that you need to solve. It's a signal that you're off track. Mm. There's no trying at all in this. You don't have to try to change the way you think. You don't have to try to change life. You don't have to try to change other people. You just start noticing stuff. Being curious. What, yeah, become curious. I mean, what, what you're doing is you're you're becoming an observer of your life in addition to being a participant in it. Yes, I love that. 
participant runs down the street with the drama. The observer stops, watches the drama, and says, gee, isn't this curious? I wonder what's going on. Yes. That's the beginning. That's that tool cool. changed a lot for me. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so awkward because when in any, any part of our life were we ever told to stop what we're doing and go introspect? We've just you know, been I mean, playing the part. I feel like yeah. we've just been running down the street playing the part, and we've been so busy playing the part and focusing on the part and trying to do our best job at the part. We realize that there's other ways to do it than just play the part. Yeah, but in, until we get to that point, we think the part is what life's all about, and we're so busy fighting with it that we can't imagine stopping. We can't imagine looking inside ourselves. We, we see it as a complete waste of time. And that's the biggest obstacle to all this because the work is not difficult. Any of us can take 10 minutes and replay conversations we've had over the course of the day. And just ask, I wonder what I was thinking. I wonder what was going on for me then. What was my real intention? You know, what, what did I think I wanted and what, what did I really want? But we can't even imagine that that's worthwhile. So the, the, the biggest obstacle to it all is that our one of the rules we learn in life is to not question the rules. So we don't. We don't look. So we miss out on everything that's true for us because we, we're looking in the wrong places. And just like you said, it's 10 minutes of simple. It's simple. It's not maybe yeah. easy, but it's simple. But that 10 minutes, I feel like for most of us, it's just as easy to fill that 10 minutes with noise, to turn on the TV, to sit there and scroll through Instagram or Facebook or to listen right. to what everyone else is saying and just continue with the noise throughout the day instead of just sitting because, you know, we're, I, I know for me and a lot of Americans, at least, we're brought up to do, 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 do. And if I'm not doing something, like, I'm wasting my time. Like, why would I just sit yeah. for 10 minutes and sit and do what? Like, what do I need to be doing? And I remember reading books about being. And, like, you're not really being because you're reading, you know, and just learning right. what that is, is to be. And during that, that time of being is to think. And what, what do I think about? First thing I think about is to-do lists. Right. You know, so, like, and then the voices continue. The voices continue. So just to be observant of that and why or what am I thinking about and what am I feeling and that, that 10 minutes changed everything as soon as I started doing that so that's a great tool thank you for sharing that yeah it, cha it absolutely changes everything I mean that was, the beginning of that was the the monk story because I'm convinced that the organization development manager that made me take this morning was trying to turn me from a human doing into a human being wow and I didn't I didn't get that distinction at the time but yeah, I mean, we, we want to keep doing because that's what we're taught. We, we can't imagine that stopping doing can be helpful. Yeah, it's helpful, beneficial, and it can be productive. Yeah. I just being and, can actually be productive. And it turns out it's the, the path to freedom, really. I it mean, free, the, the freedom of living your, your own life. I mean, that, we, that's we what I love asking. You know, when I, when I first asked you, like, what is living your life like? You're like, there's a path of like understanding yeah. that. So. Well, we can't, we can't imagine that we're living somebody else's path because we're working so hard at it. And we're, we're, we're fighting as hard as we can fight. We're stressed. We're overwhelmed. We're frustrated. We're not satisfied, but we're convinced that we're, we're winning or that we can win. But we can't because we're not living our own path. We're following somebody else's. So the, as this started germinating for you, when did you start noticing that there was a feeling of freedom? Like, what did that feel like to you? When, when were those moments that you noticed that or noticed something was different? That's great because it wasn't a moment. That's the thing. We were so used to having everything be cause and effect. You know, I drop a pen on the floor and it makes a noise. 
or I, I make something and, and I can see the result. But th this work is, I, I read somewhere, that's more like tending a garden than it is building a house. You know, when you build a house, you get a plan, you buy, buy the materials, you hire the help and you make the house and it's done. They're doing skills. But when you tend a garden, you don't make roses grow. You nurture conditions to allow them to grow, but they grow just fine on their own. What but, a great analogy, yes. But our, 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 our perspective on life is more like we want to pull up the roses to see how they're doing. And, yes. And that's, that's the doing skills. So the idea is to stop doing and replace the doing skills like with, with things like new, new, they're still skills, but they're being skills, awareness, so that you notice stuff and you don't miss anything, patience, to know that the answer is there, but it's not there like solving a math problem. Uh, trust that it all comes together somehow. Okay, so I think you you asked me how that how that was for me, and I lost track of my thought on that. What was the question you asked me just a minute ago? Just, well, just when you started noticing your thoughts were changing, oh, that feeling yeah. of freedom started coming along. Right. So it wasn't a it wasn't a moment when I noticed that freedom came along. It was a, a, a diffuse awareness that I, I woke up one day and I felt like I was doing things differently. Or I'd wake up a different day, or I'd stop in the middle of something and realize, hey, I never did it this way before. This is easy. This is fun. So it, w it was a, it was like a, a wave of diffuse moments that were completely disconnected in the sense of traditional cause and effect from anything that I had done. And it's got to be exciting. It's, it starts well, it like, you know, it's exciting, yes. It is. But it's not the same cause and effect like in the science experiment. And that's the part that's difficult. And me being trained as an engineer and a science guy, it was hard for me to to do that but when when the the practices create these aha moments that just show up show up seemingly out of nowhere uh, that's when you know you're on the right track but they and really I love don't it's called a practice I love that yeah. word practice because it's practice it's something we do all the time it's, it's it a is. practice and it's a journey it's not something we just do and done and check it off the list well, I, it's it's written this way in the book, I think, but uh, it practice, I, I compared it to learning how to ski. I mean, you, if you want to learn how to ski, you don't get to the Olympics by reading books on skiing. Yes. You get to the Olympics by coming down the mountain. And the mountain teaches you to ski in, in, a, in a way. Yes. And I think that's really crucial because, we again, we'll go back to the doing skills and we want it all to happen. We want the the cause and effect thing, uh, but it's the, it's the awareness that comes from the practice that creates change. I mean, and as you're getting excited and like learning to, you're, you're noticing thoughts and you're noticing behavior, when did it switch for you that you have a message for others, that it just couldn't stay inside of you anymore and you knew that you had to share with others? That's, that's good because about the same time as the monk story, the same guy who took me to the monks hired a coach, uh, James Flaherty, New Ventures West. I still know him. He still runs a great coaching school. He's amazing. 
but back in his early days, he came to visit and he was there to help me become more of a human being, I guess, is what it, what it would be now. But he said something to me that was another one of those germinate in five or 10 years things, but I never forgot what he said word for word. And I think this is the answer to your question, but he said, Brad, you need to use your intellectual horsepower not to get it right, but to help other people get it right. Awesome. And it was so cool. I mean, I, the word stuck with me, I mean, for 20 years now. This was back in the 1980s, so for 30 years. Uh, it took me a long time before I did anything with that. But those words came back to me over and over and over again every time something in life conspired to make me learn something new. And I wanted that. I wanted other people to get it right. That was my biggest dream. But I had learned to be such a perfectionist that I couldn't release that. I had to do it myself. So, so those, all those paths kind of converged and became the path or my, my path. Uh, so you made the jump. You made the jump from yeah. having that science mind and going to work every day to creating a life of being an entrepreneur and helping other people. What was that jump like for you? I, no, it was fun. The funnest part of that is fun, funnest to work. The most fun part of that, <laughs> uh, that journey was releasing the need to know everything. That's so and hard. I have been imprisoned for 30 adult years by having to know everything. I mean, that, that was the, the game. I mean, I, I, I've joked about it, but I remember coming home from school once in high school with a math test with a 97 on it. And the only comment I got from my dad was, where the other three points go? Go find them. Okay. So I had learned pretty heavily to get it right. But the, the freedom came when I could say, I don't know. I don't know. Or what do you think? Or let's figure it out together. Or I don't know. How, what, what can we bring from other experiences we've had to figure this one out? So and, hard from that engineering mind and that science mind to go tough. into this thing where, you know, people say this other stuff's woo-woo, it sounds woo-woo. Like, it sounds like it's a whole bunch of talk, but it, yeah. what is it really? What is, like, I want to touch it. Mm. So well, the process the of I mean, going from the answers to trying to get to the place of where you're at now, of helping other people yeah. and creating a life for yourself doing it. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's, it's just fascinating to see what happens when you can let go of preconceived notions and, and and with awareness you start becoming aware that you're letting go of preconceived notions which is more fun because now you can do it on purpose Absolutely. i mean now i can say i don't know and have that be one of the most fun things that i can say to anybody yes it's kind of freeing i don't know i don't know the i don't answer. know that between that and just seeing everything in life as entertainment I mean, it releases all judgment. I mean, we, we learn the blame game. We learn to blame everything outside of ourselves because we've learned historically, at least in this country, to focus on the external world instead of ourselves. And when the external world doesn't comply, which is always, uh, we blame other people. You can't turn on the TV right now and not hear a whole bunch of blaming going on. It's all blame. It's everything. It's all blame. But I've, I've just completely replaced that. It's all entertainment. Yes, and isn't it such a different way to it's interact with the world? I mean, honestly, I couldn't imagine doing this 20 years ago, but I honestly can drive on the highway and have somebody cut me off and I don't react anymore. 
all I do is slow down so I don't hit them. Yeah. But, I, but I don't react. And there used to be a time when, you know, I, I take it personally, I get angry, you know, and because I live in Massachusetts, I'd pass them and jam on my brakes. That's right. But, but I don't do that anymore. And it's freeing because I'm, I'm not stressed. I'm challenged because I love what I do and I still have music left to play. But challenge is not the same as a futile sense of stress and overwhelm. Yes, well said. Yeah. And then from when you noticed like you were living a certain way and then you decided like, I want to start sharing this with other people. I feel like sometimes when we go on our own path and then it's like in us and we have so much excitement about this, realizing there's a different way to live. There's, there's a life of freedom. There's a better way to interact. There's a happier way. There's a way that your health can get better. You're less stressful. Your relationships are more enriched. So that's coming kind of boiling up inside mm-hmm. of you. And then tell me about the jump when you just decided like, yeah, I'm going to start being a coach and, and help other people. Well, it was funny because I, in the corporate world, there's a, there's an org chart. Everything has to be an org chart from the top down and all that kind of stuff. But I realized that in addition to the org chart, there was also a thing that I now call the emotional org chart. And wherever I went in the corporate world, I was near the top of the emotional org chart. I didn't do it on purpose. I didn't try to do anything. But my observation was that people from my own organization and other organizations used to come for me for counsel, advice, perspective, because they knew they could get the real deal without corporate mm-hmm. speak, without all of the the frosting and the protocol and policy and all that kind of stuff. And they appreciated that. And I realized that that, that was part of the coaching thing too. So when I left the software world, I was already doing what I was doing. I mean, it was a jump, but it wasn't a leap. You know, it was I, the, the image I have, and I, uh, you'll appreciate this with a, with a Maui connection, that what I was doing the last few years in the software world was like surfing. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm riding the wave, and when the wave breaks, I pick up my board and walk. And just yes. keep going. And, and that's, that's what's what great about is identifying those gifts. Like you were already, people were already calling on you for specific gifts, not mm-hmm. just a job description, but you kind of evolved as a person that people were seeking out those specific right. gifts. So you were able to identify them, which is so awesome when we can identify our gifts. We don't have to be like anybody else. We don't have to be like the guy that are left or the right or above us or right. below us, but we can actually just identify your gifts and start to shine in that area and that arena. And then you just find different platforms that fit your lifestyle and what you want to do to be able to go share those giftings. And to me, that's another definition of living your life alive is where you can take your unique giftings, all of your bradness and take your bradness into the world because there's people waiting for it. And I always feel like if you're, if there's something inside of you, that's kind of boiling up, whatever we want to call it for you, we'll just call it bradness that is supposed to come up and into the world. Imagine holding that in, like how long could you have held that in? and not shared it, your unique giftings with the world. And look at the client's lives that have been touched because your bradness came out. Mm. And just like you said, it's not, it's not something to brag on or you know, you think it's you're higher or lower or right or left or right or wrong over anybody else. It's just your bradness, it's just all of your way of experience and wisdom and that you're able to help people in this way and that you did it. And you followed that, I call it a nudge, you followed that nudge to Go be your bradness. Were there times you were scared to step into that place? 
Well, I was totally scared. I mean, I'd never done anything on my own before. I always had a company to, to back me up, you know. I got away with a lot of stuff because I was good at what I did, and, you know, people left me alone. Yes. I, so it, that was easy. So perhaps the hardest part was uh, realizing that my calling had a public face and I didn't. Mm-hmm. I'm an introvert and introverts do w- really well in software because they get left alone to go do whatever they want to do because it's a creative pursuit and you know there's a loneliness involved in that but so it was it was hard for me to uh, have a public face yeah and your name's on this now not only public face, I like, know. now this is out to the world and this is your name I know yes I know but uh but the, the thing is that the bradness I love the term but what's unique about all of us is always 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 and has always been inside us and it's nudging to use your term is nudging at us all the time the problem most of us have and i did for 30 years is we don't listen to it but it's always talking to us it's always inviting us it's always it's a source of energy that's always asking us to live out its message to live out its truth yes it's holding the path open in front of us inviting us to walk it and we don't that's the that's the part that's tough I think. what do you think is the main reason you've seen your clients or you've seen other people's lives that they don't that they just ignore that 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 knowing that nudge inside of them because we're taught not to we're taught to focus on the outside world mm-hmm. i mean we, we think the thinking that's in our minds is our own thinking but it's not it's a very long tradition made up by other people, which is the way I introduced myself at the beginning, because that was true for me. Yes. Okay. So the, my book, in many ways, is my story. And I realized that, in a way, it's an extended brochure. And in a way, it's, it's my living authentically to do that. Because if, if that's not true, if what's written in there isn't true for me, then I have no right to have written it. Yes, of course. Okay. So, but that's, that was inside me. That book has been inside me for years and years and years, probably before I even knew it consciously. That book has probably been inviting me to write it for how, how long? I don't know. But the the point is that all of us have that, that something unique that's inviting us. I mean, you look at people in, in history, figures that we, we hold in high regard in history, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Einstein, whatever. I mean, they have the same 24 hours in the day that we have. Yes. I mean, the thing that made them different was they were so clear on what their path looked like that nothing got in their way. Talk about energy. Yes. I just love you know, when I mean, people, you see when people have that clarity and that yeah. focus on and just knowing who they are and they just go for it. Well, if you think of your energy every day as being a bucket full of water, they could pour the entire bucket full into what they cared about most on this planet. And the, the picture that always comes to my mind when I, when I talk to clients or even look at the early days of my own life is that we fill a bucket with water every day by sleeping and eating, and that's our energy supply for the day. And then we go around, punch holes in the bucket, and all the water drains out. Mm-hmm. And we don't have anything left to give to the reason that we're here on this planet. And in a way, it's a sad way to live. It's very uh, sad. It's so frustrating to watch other people do it. Yeah, it is. But, you know, I mean, my, my thing isn't to try to make anybody change. It's to offer, uh, uh, offer uh, just light for the journey. 
keep the torch lit on the path to help people find their own way. And that's really the focus of my coaching, the focus of the book, and the thing I love most in life. Awesome. Well, it has been, I just, I, I cannot wait to listen to this episode again, because I've been sitting here like, trying not to like reach up and take notes, because um, I had so, there were so many pearls that you passed on that I'll go back and listen to and actually take notes, um, because I wanted to be present during the interview, but I'm so excited to listen to this and finish this book, and um, it's a very thought-provoking book, and um, where can people find you, um, interact with you, and find your book? Uh, it's available on my website roadnottaken.com there are several places on the home page that will point you to the story of the book and the uh the purchase page uh awesome. that's that's the only place you can buy it unless you live on cape cod you can buy it in the bookstore <laughs> right around the corner from me but uh yeah so it's, it's available on the website uh uh it's 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 a book that's not meant to be read on cruise control uh, it's a field guide. It's written as a field guide, which means you pick it up, you study a piece, you carry it with you, you take it as a companion for the journey, you come back and you refer to it. And the the change that you experience is like the change I've experienced in my life. It's a slow agglomeration of uh, details, but you pick up a little bit each time. I love that. Yes. And I'm, I'm actually a quick read uh, reader news, I can dive into a book and this one, I just, I just, like you said, I've been taking it in pieces and slow and it's very thought provoking and I'd much rather take it along on a journey and visit it and understand it and think about different things and be reflective with it. So what a Good. gift. I'm so glad that this came out of you. Um, finally, people always ask me how long it took me to write a book. And I think that's such an odd question. Like, did I start on January 2nd? And, and I don't know, like to me, it was just always in you at some level and um comes out and i always tell people if it's in you make sure it comes out of you because it's there to bless other people so thank That's you for true. thank you for blessing us with this book and thank you, uh, thank you for this time on this interview and any last thought that you would like to live with um leave with people about living an authentic life i i, I think i'd like to close with three quotes if i can yes. three, three of my favorite quotes one of them is from mark twain and it kind of talks to the uh, the struggle part of the journey and opens the path to change. And the quote is, it's not what you don't know that gets you into trouble. It's what you know for sure that just ain't so. Yes. And it turns out that most of what we know for sure just ain't so. So that's the beginning of the journey. The second part of the journey is a quote from Thoreau which is about purposefully looking and noticing and growing your awareness. And the quote is, let us spend one day as deliberately as nature and not be thrown off track by every nutshell and mosquito's wing that falls on the rails. I love that. It's so, one of my favorite writers and I have not heard that quote. Yeah, I love, I love that one. Uh, and the last is from The Prophet by Khalil Gibran. And it's about the process of change being the result of self-reflection and growing personal awareness. And it's the veil that clouds your eyes will be lifted by the hands that wove it. Wow, very powerful. So, three kind of deep quotes, one of them funny, one of them, one of them pretty serious, but uh, to me those uh, kind of encapsulate the journey. 
Yes, and I love that you address the struggle that there is a struggle in this. You know, a lot of times people just focus on the good part of living your life alive and the freedom and lifestyle that you learn to create for yourself and the happiness, but there's struggle along the way. And there is that um, understanding of right and wrong and letting go of so many things and thought processes that ended up lifting the veil. No, any of us can do that anytime. So, so empowering that we have that opportunity to be able to do that for our own lives. And we don't have to wait around for anybody else to do it, that we have the power yeah. to live our life alive. So thank you. You're such a blessing every time I get to talk to you. And I know I'll be seeing you in Florida soon. So looking forward to that. Oh, me and, too. Um, thanks again for um, just being you. I love Bradness. I'm going to keep using that. <laughs> thanks for you and you being your Bradness. So um, have a great time and stay warm this winter. And I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you, Brad, for being you. Thank you for having me. I'm really grateful. And this has been fun. So take care. And I, I look forward to seeing you soon, too. Yes. Thank you, Brad. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us. And I hope you enjoyed today's show. And remember, good friends don't keep great messages to themselves. So keep the ripples moving and share this episode with your friends. Also, wherever you listen to podcasts, please take a moment to review or download this episode. So I would love to connect with you. Regardless of where you're at on your journey, maybe you're feeling like you can't set sail or maybe you're out there rocking the open seas. Find me at autumnshields.com or on social and say hello. If you would like a complimentary coaching sesh, all you have to do is click on Let's Connect and let me know three things you would like to get out of the conversation and we will make it happen. So make today the day you decide to live your life alive and leave room for the unimaginable. So until next time, keep following the nudges.